Hi, this is Lee Bermeo, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Batman Universe Podcast. I'm Dustin. And I'm Apple. We are bringing you all the latest news from the Batman Universe. We got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to jump right into movie news. The very first thing we have to report is on November 7th. It was it was put out by videobusiness.com that The Dark Knight is going to be setting a pre-order record for Blu-ray copies of the movie. Now, they're already projecting that over 1 million copies of Blu-ray have already been pre-ordered. Wow, how many, how many is for the regular DVDs? Because if it's one million for Blu-ray, can you imagine the regular DVD sales? Yeah, the funny thing is they didn't really mention anything about the regular DVD sales, which makes me think that maybe the Blu-ray might actually outsell the DVD copies. Oh, that would be nice. I mean, everyone wants the higher quality, so why not? Exactly, and this is movies where it make it worth your money to get the higher quality movie. Oh, yes. Alright, so on November 9th, um, a little minor note, there was an article that came out saying that Christopher Nolan is getting sued by Batman. Now, the basis of this is a fairly moderate city, but the mayor of this town called Batman that has been around for centuries is suing Christopher Nolan for reasons for not asking his permission to use the name Batman, which is the name of his town, in The Dark Knight. Okay, now, this is very odd, because they're suing Christopher Nolan, who is not the creator of Batman, and does not even own the rights. That would belong to DC Comics. The creator was Bob Kane, so I don't understand the basis of why they are suing Christopher Nolan for Batman. Yeah, and one of the reports that I read basically said something on the regards of there was... the, The country itself has some kind of really high suicide rates amongst women and the foreign media picked up on it last year and in the interview that they did with the mayor of this town of batman the mayor stated that they thought about are suing dc comics and warner brothers but decided that the legal basis for that might not have been isn't there which doesn't make any sense because it really seems like he's suing christopher nolan because he doesn't want to go up against warner brothers and dc comics because most likely he'll lose well he's gonna lose against christopher nolan because Christopher Nolan's going to walk into court and say, I do not own Batman. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much going to be it. It's going to be that, or Warner Brothers is going to send their lawyers right along with with Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's probably not even going to go. Warner Brothers right now is trying to get on Christopher Nolan's good side, and they'll be like, we'll take care of this. Don't worry about it. Uh, Yeah, because it's it's their character that's... I, 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 I clearly don't see a basis for argument here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy's going to, this mayor, not unless he's just doing this to get uh, attention to the city, maybe. But other than that, he, he has no chance of winning anything from this. All right, so November 11th, um, it was announced that the Dark Knight is nominated for a bunch of People's Choice Awards. Just to run through a couple of them, some of them are the best movie of the year, best actor for Christian Bale, Best superhero as Christian Bale as Batman, as well as best cast and a bunch of other ones. 
but it's nominated for a ton and actually when you see the website when it goes live this Friday we actually have a bunch of uh, they're in the advertisement spots but you can actually click on it and you can actually vote for a bunch of these awards yeah so fans you gotta vote and the last thing we have for movie news is that on November 11th Warner Brothers launched a four year consideration award page which basically lays out all the people that they're hoping the Academy would give nominations for the Academy Awards as well as any of the other awards that are coming up in the next couple months but one good thing that came out of that was that you can actually download the entire script so if you didn't fork out the money for the Dark Knight book that came out the week after the movie then you'll be able to read the whole script online now Alright, so that's going to bring us into TV news. Only a really a couple things to report. The very first thing is on October 30th, The Office, you know, a show that features, that's on NBC, that has Steve Carell as the main character, had basically everyone in The awesome Office dressed up as something for Halloween. And it was kind of amusing because there was three different people who ended up dressing up as Heath Ledger's Joker, which in my opinion was the number one costume pick for this Halloween, was Heath Ledger's Joker. Everywhere I went, I saw a ton of Heath Ledger Jokers. Yeah, and everywhere for Halloween that I was even stepping in, even going into a store, I would see just people going with the with the Joker costume. So I I, I understand, you know, they they had their own you know makeup and stuff. I bet DC wish they would have had more stuff out there as far as Dark Knight props for Halloween. But uh, yeah, man, it was exciting seeing the Jokers out there. All right, so on November seventh, it was announced that. What we reported two episodes, I think it was, ago, that the show The Graysons, the CW, and Warner Brothers has decided to scrap the idea. Woohoo! Because <laughs> yeah. you can't have a Robin. <laughs> so, uh, it, <laughs> we had talked about that in the podcast, so that would be very hard to do a Graysons TV show. It especially would be difficult, not only with doing a show about a guy who does not even exist in any kind of comic history whatsoever up until he meets Batman, but also for the fact that the the story plot just it just sounded stupid. It didn't sound like it was going to last long either way. So, yeah. I mean, it, of course, we want to see every Batman project come out and be able to see it, but this just sounded like a bad project from the beginning. Exactly, and what was interesting was this project actually got scrapped even before the very first script was written. So I'm assuming once they announced it, they heard all of the fan comments, got all the responses basically saying, really, seriously, what are you thinking? You're going in the right direction. Why would you go out and do something like this? Right, don't, don't interrupt it. Right now it's perfect. Please learn from your mistakes in the 90s. And let's just stay the course. Exactly. Alright, so then as a simple reminder to everybody, remember that Friday, November 14th, which is probably the day everyone's listening to this, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the very first episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold is going to premiere on Cartoon Network here in the United States. No word on when it's going to first air in Canada or any of the other surrounding countries or any countries in the world at, at all. But here for the people in the United States... It's going to air 8 p.m. Eastern Time and Pacific Time on November 14th. So check it out. Don't knock it until you see the first episode because some early reports coming back are saying that the show could actually be pretty decent. Yeah, and you know what that's going to give us a chance to is actually interact with the fans on the forum when the, the site goes live November 14th. So we can actually have the first topic for our uh, TV shows underneath there about Batman Brave in the Boat. <laughs> Okay, and that's going to take us into 
video game news. Okay, guys, so on the video game news front, we only have a few things to report. Uh, first thing is that uh, GamePro released some new screenshots of the Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Okay, now the video game is going to be released November 16th. Of course, the regular normal video game is $60, with the collector's edition being around $69, $70, uh, depending on where you buy from. Now, uh, we have mentioned that the Best Buy is actually giving uh, a bonus offer. They're actually offering your choice of three bonus offers. Now, within those bonus offers, you actually have to put it in your uh, add to cart and go ahead and select it and view your your uh, your three bonus offers for that. Of course, once again, the GameStop is going to be offering the T-shirt. So, so far, that's what we know on that video game. Uh, also, what's reported is that um, the expected new screenshots for Arkham Asylum should be, be releasing next month. So, we're going to stay on top of that to go ahead and find out for you. Also, for Xbox fans... If you are also on Xbox Live, if you're a member of Xbox Live, they actually release the demo for Batman Lego. So if you have not played the video game, you can actually now log in to Xbox Live and go ahead and download the demo for that and go ahead and play it. On the video game front, that's all we have right now, guys. We hope to see you uh, November 16th, see you online and be able to play with you. And of course, we are going to have a video game section within our forums and we can go ahead and everyone that goes ahead and picks it up. Or, you know, if whatever video game you want, we are going to go ahead and have threads where you can go ahead and leave your gamer tags for whatever system you have. And we can go ahead and meet friends, whether you have a Wii, PS3, or Xbox 360. Uh, we can go ahead and interact on the forums and talk about Mortal Kombat versus DC or any other Batman video game that we have. And so far, that's it for video game news, guys. So that's going to bring us right into merchandise news. Into merchandise news, there's only a couple things to report. The first thing is, the last podcast, I think either we missed a couple things that were going to be coming out in the next couple weeks or something on that regards because I noticed that there was a couple, there's two things that came out either within the last week or the last two weeks that we were not following before. One of them is the Superman Batman Series 6 set, Enemies Among Us. That's going to run you the entire set, all four of them, for $50. Now, this set includes Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, and Despero. Okay, and all for 50 bucks. One thing that was really interesting was the very first DC panel that happened on Friday. Ethan Van Skyver, was, who was the artist for this Enemy uh, Among Us set, he actually had one of the figures and he was opening it during the panel because he was. it's, it's basically based off of what he drew, so... That was kind of interesting, a little push into the Series 6 that came out. Yeah, you know, um, when he said that he, they had someone had had it there, because those were just really, really new releases. I went out to the floors and I couldn't find him, so I wonder where he got his from. All right, the other thing that came out was the Joker Kane replica, and that's going to run you about $295. Now, this is part of that set that we've been talking about, the JLA um, Trophy Room set. If you have the money to fork out for this $295 by all means, go and get it. 
It, it's actually really detailed. It comes with a nice little display shelf that you can hang on your wall. What made me think about this was there was actually someone, once again, at the convention that was dressed up as Heath Ledger, the Heath Ledger Joker, but had the cane. And I was like, I didn't even know that cane was out yet. So when I looked online, I noticed that it just came out. And he must have really got on the ball and got that real quick. That was something else that just must have came out that we missed. No, the the Joker's cane. I, I know that I had seen it. I, I'm I wasn't really into that replica right there. But uh, when we saw it at the at the show, I, I started thinking, taking the second thoughts on picking that up. So it it looked real nice. All right. So November nineteenth, we've got a new black and white statue coming out by Jim Aparo. That's going to be the retail value for that is seventy five dollars, and then. On November 26th, we've got the Dark Knight vinyl statue for $125. Right, and that's the part of that Kotobukiya, the the release. This is the first uh, Dark Knight one that they are releasing. They actually have two of them, and this is the the first one that they're releasing. So, um, what the 125? It's 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 an awesome investment. It's, it's to a statue like this. All right, so really, we don't have any brand new listener responses. We do have a, uh, two more reviews on iTunes, so thank you for those guys who sent us a review on iTunes. As always, email us, podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net, and email us any comments, any suggestions, any spotlight characters that you want to see in upcoming episodes, as well as any uh, features that you would like us to discuss. I know that we've been talking about doing one about the Batmobile for quite some time. We actually did do an interview with Bill, who runs BatmobileHistory.com. We're kind of holding off on that because we're waiting on another really big thing to come together with the Batmobile uh, feature so that we can bring you a really, really good feature for the Batmobile. But if any, there's anything else out there that you guys really, really want to know about or want to know more about, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out something for you guys. Right. So, oh, and you know you guys are, I'm looking forward to that show. So, so you know there's going to be an awesome show. All right, so our spotlight character this week is actually going to be the calculator. Now, the reason why we bring up the calculator is the calculator is kind of a important character in the Birds of Prey storyline right now. So I figured it might be a good time to tell you a little bit more about this character. He first appeared in Detective Comics number 463 in September of 1976, and he was created by Bob, probably going to pronounce this wrong, Rosakis and Mike Grell. As is commonplace in comics, the character was based on a topical event or trend. In this case, Noah Cutler took his powers and costume design from the recently popular pocket calculator. His costume had a large numerical keypad on the front and a flashlight-like device on the headpiece. When he typed upon the keypad, he could make hard light constructs appear from the headpiece, fashioning tools and weapons in the style of Green Lantern's power ring. He was featured in a series of one-shot adventures in detective comics fighting many of the Justice League members. As he was defeated by hero after hero, he would press a special button on his keypad that would, as it was revealed to the reader in a thought balloon, turn defeat into victory. After months of appearances, the calculator's scheme was revealed. The button somehow analyzed the powers or tactics of the hero defeating him and effectively inoculated him from ever being defeated by that hero ever again. This immunity would manifest itself in 
as a force field, rendering a hero unable to touch or otherwise affect the calculator. This, of course, meant he could only be defeated by a new hero. Luckily, there are an almost endless supply of new heroes in the DC Universe, so he always was able to be defeated. He could also be defeated when his own weaponry was turned against him. The calculator made an interment appearances in DC titles over the years, such as Blue Beetle. In the 2004 miniseries Identity Crisis, he was revamped as a non-costume villainous opposite to Oracle, a source of information for supervillains planning heists, offering suggestions of weaponry, assisting with logistics, etc., but charging $1,000 per question, unlike Oracle, who works pro bono. He became a major player in the Infinite Crisis crossover Villains United as a core member of Lex Luthor's society. Noah suffers obsessive-compulsive disorder, unbeknownst to his peers, even though this was hinted at when he was in charge of monitoring Supergirl, and initially controlled, he initially controlled this with medication. However, in Birds of Prey, he became obsessed with finding out the identity of Oracle, and this led him towards a mental breakdown. He stopped taking his medication and suffered from nightmares about the green mask that Oracle uses as a symbol. In the Birds of Prey issue number 111, Noah finally meets the woman behind Oracle face-to-face at a computer industry conference, but is depicted looking far younger than his previous illustrations in DC titles and his history would indicate. Both are using aliases, and Noah is prevented from learning Oracle's true identity only at the last possible moment through an ingenious plan devised by the birds. A year after the crisis, Noah leads the society taking over from the deceased Alexander Luther Jr. The society has become a union for supervillains, with all major heists being done through the society itself. The calculator has a genius level intelligence, is a skilled manipulator and superb strategist. The calculator also has a vast array of criminal contacts. In his early career, he used a battle suit. Calculator has used a battle suit with a large calculator on the chest. The computer in the suit can accurately predict the actions of any hero or even the Earth itself. A projector in the helmet is linked to the suit and can create items by solidifying the dust in the air. Calculator no longer uses this battle suit and its whereabouts are unknown. <laughs> and that's the calculator. So that brings us to our feature. We're going to tell you what we uncovered while we were at Wizard World. So Apple, go ahead and let's first start off with Friday. What, what did we do Friday when we first got up there? Well, when we got up there on Friday, uh, I went up there and I saw the line. And I was like, geez, we're going to have to wait in this line to just to get our press pass. So I went in through there and then I found out that it was a very large line, but we didn't have to wait since we had our press passes. So that was actually a good thing. So, so once we, re- we received our press pass, we got in there before a lot of people that were waiting in line. And so once we entered the floor, it was just like comics galore. And so many exhibitors. So um, once entering there, it was just, you got there and it felt like, okay, I feel like I am home. <laughs> so <laughs> so looking at all this stuff, I just like realized I am going to be so broke like within an hour. <laughs> that was like my first thought coming in through there. Once we got through there, uh, the first big table that was there was uh, Brian um, Azzarello and uh, Lee Brahimo. 
they were right there. And of course, they had a line already for the the Joker novel, of course, which just released. Awesome story, and um, they were really cool. Lee was he was very cool. He was selling some artwork right there, and so that was real nice. Of course, moving on along, just just seeing the amount of comics that were there was like. Geez, I have to find out what issues I'm missing. What can I collect? And then, of course, me, my weakness is statues. So I came across some statues and walking across the stands. And lo and behold, within, sure enough, within an hour, uh, what did me, Dustin, see? Well, we see one of the 100 artist prints that Bob Kane did of the 1989 Batman movie. Of course, it was framed, and uh, the seller was Uncle Bob. Uh, of course, I knew him. <laughs> I got to know him on a first-name basis because I knew right away that I was going to be the buyer of this print. So uh went ahead and bought that after a you know, long negotiation on that and uh, bought that and knew that I was like, I haven't even seen the whole floor yet, and I'm already, I'm already spending money. So got around, and uh, I was able to talk to Luke. Luke is one of the representatives for heroesforheroes.org and what it is and we're going to go ahead and provide a link for you guys is supporting our troops and they had an auction uh, which was going to be the next night for Saturday where they were going to auction original artwork from the artists that were there on Artist Alley to go ahead you know for, for our troops to receive DVDs, comics and you know we want to go ahead and keep that connection with them and so this was an awesome organization organization if you guys can please visit the website and go ahead and mention that you know we went ahead and sent you over there and whatever you can donate just please donate to them but um as we continued on you dustin i I knew i lost you as soon as we saw the comics because you just went you got your list and you just went on a manhunt for all these issues yeah basically once we we got on the floor and we went and saw lee and brian and we walked around a little bit. I realized that there wasn't it wasn't very crowded on Friday, nowhere near as much as it was crowded on uh, Saturday. And I figured, you know what? I'm just going to take an hour or two to just go around and try to find the comics. And really, the real reason why was because I walked up to a booth that had a box that said variant issues. And I was like, oh, I'm missing a couple of the variant issues from Batman. And so I started flipping through it, and I find a bunch. And, of course, they, everybody's got some kind of deal at a comic convention. 50% off. You know, comics that you would normally find in their store for 3 bucks or somehow 50 cents or a dollar. I mean, everybody's got a deal. So these these issue, these variant issues were marked off uh, 65% off or something. There's something ridiculous. They were marked $25, and I was paying, like, next to nothing for them, and I was like, well, this is perfect. So then I asked him, hey, do you have anything else that's Batman? And he's like, oh, my Batman stuff's already been hit pretty hard. And this was only about 20 minutes into the convention, keep in mind. So I'm sitting here thinking, how in the world did his stuff get hit super hard in first 20 minutes of this convention? So then all of a sudden I got in this real panic mode and was like, oh, man, I'm never going to be able to find anything. I need to start looking for the comics now. So that's pretty much what I was doing for the first about two hours that we were there was just going through my list of stuff that I'm looking for and going all over the place. As I've said in episodes past on the comic podcast, I strictly collect nothing but Batman comics. But there's a lot of them, if you don't know that already. There is a lot of Batman comics. And I have close to 3,000 comics 
all Batman or Batman related being the allies or whatnot there's a lot more that I still don't have so when I go to a comic convention my thing is I can find stuff that I normally can't find on either eBay or at the local comic book shop or something like that because you always find stuff that you normally can't find anywhere else and it turned out I was very lucky because I did find a ton of stuff that I couldn't find anywhere else especially some of the one-shots from the early 90s, the a lot of the Elseworlds ones that I didn't have, Batman Dracula Red Rain, Batman Bloodstorm, a couple other ones, Arkham Asylum, the first print softcover I found. But uh, I found a bunch, and I was, I was very pleased with what I found, and I ended up finding a couple of the older issues that were in really decent condition and got a really good deal on those. But then that basically, at that point, I met back up with Apple, and then we went over to uh, the DC panel on Friday. So go ahead and tell us what we found out on Friday. Well, on um, Friday, uh, they were continuing on. They were talking. Ian, which was the senior story editor, was up there, you know, managing the panel. Uh, Bob Wayne was up there. Ethan Shire, that's where we saw him opening his figure, was up there. Um, they were mainly talking about, they were looking forward to the faces of evil. And very little bit touched on anything Batman. But they did reference that how the upcoming issues are of Nightwing and uh, Robin, how they are going to be stopping. Um, but that's all they really went into as far as uh, any Batman news. So we were trying to get whatever we could for uh, Batman fans. One thing that was really interesting was that he, he, Apple just mentioned about the, the Nightwing and the Birds of Prey and Robin. Now, we didn't report this before because it just came out the end of last week, which was after the, the time we normally record the comic podcast. But for those of you who don't know, Nightwing, Robin, and Birds of Prey, as of February, the issues that have come out in February are going to be the very last issues of, that, of those three comic series. Now, that also plays into that rumor that we've, been, we've talked about in the past about is Batman and Detective Comics ending because of what Neil Gaiman said about how DC approached him basically saying, do you want to write the last two issues or the last issue of Detective Comics and Batman? And he couldn't say no to that. So nothing was said about what's the future of Batman. They really didn't dive into a whole lot of what's going to happen with the end of R.I.P. or the end of Final Crisis in that matter at all. They just kind of stressed a lot about Faces of Evil. And another thing that they, they talked about was it's they opened up the Florida uh, questions from everybody. And at one point somebody said, with the cancellation of Robin, Nightwing, and Birds of Prey, does that mean that we can expect to see something be rebooted, or are they just not going to come back out? And their response was, the sales for those books are, they're fine. There's nothing wrong with the sales at all of those books. It has to do with the storyline of what's happening in the Batman universe. And what we were told by Ian, the senior story editor at DC, was that we can expect to hear something by the end of this month about what's going to happen in March of next year, which we already know that's going to happen once we get the previews magazine. We'll, we'll find out what's going to be happening more. They said that March of 2009 and June of 2009 are going to be huge months for Batman comic fans. So there's probably going to be a lot of big stuff happening in those two months that are going to explain a lot. It also seemed like they were actually going into more of a possibility that the series aren't necessarily, they are getting canceled, but they're going to reboot them in a different direction, which goes into what 
Apple and I talked about when we talked about the battle for the cow where people there could be a line of people who are replacing everybody and then this they start the series over again. Which man, when he when he was saying that, it was like, Oh man, then your mind just starts wondering, Oh, what if, what if, what if, what's gonna happen? So and one of the one of uh actually one of the, someone in the audience had mentioned if Jason Todd was gonna get a, a new costume and they said yes. Yeah, they did say yes, and they also they they brought up Red Robin, which has been a big thing in the Robin comics the last couple of issues. But they didn't dive into that either. There was a lot of questions that really weren't answered, basically because I think they they have a certain time frame that they can release news on, and the convention just happened to fall in a situation where it wasn't the time where they could be talking about stuff that was upcoming. Now, if the convention was like two weeks earlier, all the Faces of Evil stuff that they talked about would have been a lot more appealing news because it would have been fresh. Those of us who get previews magazines and check out all the comic sites, we've already, we already knew about the Faces of Evil before we even got to the convention. I guess from the, from the panel, we, we couldn't, we didn't really get much from as far as Batman news for for you guys, but we tried. We tried to get as much news as we could for you from that. Continuing on on Friday, once the panel was over, I went ahead and hit the floor trying to get uh, relative Batman news for, for the podcast. Going through a total fanboy moment. The corner of my eye, I'm looking down Artist Alley and I'm trying to find someone that's either doing Batman right now or touching any Batman issue. And I just so happened to see Matt Wagner, of course, of Grendel fame, of course, uh, Batman Grendel, uh, Batman the Mad Monk. So many uh, legendary comics and novels that he's done for Batman. That was a total fanboy moment to meet Matt Wagner. No one was there. So uh, I went to him, talked to him. I saw his artwork. And I I love what these artists do. They bring their their artwork that you can purchase and, you know, really interact with them and talk to them. And just through through the years, I mean, I'm talking about all the way since I was uh, back before I was even in high school. When meeting him, he was he was so nice. He was so real. Uh, he was, you know, he was glad to talk to his fans. And of course, he, he made me run to the ATM because I had to buy some art pieces that he had on the table. So, <laughs> so when he, go, I had to go stand in that ATM line, and you know there was a long line at that ATM. So, so I went there, got in the ATM line, came back. Bought some original artwork. One of the books I am a total, total fanboy of is Batman and the Mad Monk. I think it's an awesome book. I think the the artwork is so awesome. I think the story is so awesome. One of the pages I really loved in there was 102. And I was like, wow, I like this page. It's it's nothing spectacular, but it's just Batman pushing up on the roof while spikes are coming at him. And then he had that page, and I was like, I have to own this. I just have to own this. So uh, I think Matt kind of saw that that i was a, a total fanboy <laughs> so uh and a total fan of his and so speaking to him i told him about the grendel statues i own of him and just being a fan of his and so uh some of the pieces i got i got to talk to him um he signed all the artwork that i bought from him he had a cool joker uh picture that you know on the on the website i'll be posting it in the threads so that way you can see but um the artwork that he did of the joker was so wonderful i just had to own 
it. I had to own it. So total fanboy moment right there. And a uh, very cool guy, very gentleman, and uh, just an all-around awesome Just He is just an awesome guy. So I got to talk to him and uh, learn out that he's he has future projects with DC, and he's just waiting on that and looking so forward to that to that uh, future Batman stuff that he has. And so after that, looking at through the exhibitors and looking at through all the fans, I was I was really amazed at how the show was big and organized. So that's kudos to Wizard for organizing an awesome show for the fans. That was pretty much that was pretty much Friday. Saturday in the morning, uh, woke up real early because I wanted to get in uh, get in on the panel for the Return of Spawn course. I collect Spawn to, and I wanted to uh, to be on that panel, and I heard. Will Spertaccio was going to be there. Once again, total fanboy. I mean, for for the amount of years in comics and being around comics, Will Spertaccio and Matt Wagner have always been an inspiration, especially for me being a being an artist and trying to get into the industry to even meeting my idol. My I walked into the room. My wife had actually had told me, you know, you should go there early because you know it's going to probably be packed. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's probably going to be packed because you know Spawn had just came out and it was sold out. It, it just sold out everywhere. So I went in there and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go in here. Well, I go into the room. Will Spertaccio is sitting at the table. <laughs> I go walking up the aisle and he goes, you're here for the panel? And I was like, uh, yes. I said, actually, you, you know, you have to, time to talk. Of course, Will Spertaccio, he did the, the Batman Confidential. And talking to him, found out that he is a huge Batman fan. And, of course, you know, we're telling him, uh, that, you know, we're, we're Batman fans telling him, of course, you know, you know, the Batman universe is here and we're trying to cover everything, every and everything Batman. And, uh, he invited me back to his table after the panel. So went back to his table. I was able to, to, uh, talk to his wife and sure enough, Wills has artwork right there for sale. I head back to the ATM, come back. Uh, I bought an original piece that he had did at a com at a comic book show. And it's just the head kind of mid chest of Batman and this Batman would look very different from the Batman's that he's done on um, Batman Confidential where uh, he draws him more darker um, more um, more with the with force and build this one actually looked like a Jim Aparo type of Batman and I was like wow you know this is this is really nice so of course I, I picked it up but uh walking around and continue on it also came by exhibitors table uh tank tank this is a shout out to you a uh, very nice guy out there had a wonderful table and I guess the next highlight was when I saw Batman and Batgirl walk by and I have remembered from the listener Q&A that uh, Jermaine was going to be there. And he said he was going to be dressed up as Batman. So I approached him and I said, are you Jermaine? And he was like, yeah. So he had a wonderful Batman costume. Uh, him and his wife both both uh, had dressed up real nice for the event. And that was really nice to see. And Jermaine, hi. You know, on Saturday they had the Joker panel which was uh, with Brian and Lee. And the panel went into discussion, and I, I think what a lot of fans were hitting on were if they had got their inspiration from Joker from the Dark Knight. So Lee and Brian 
they were really Brian not so much had the influence for the Joker it was really Lee Lee had already had came up with the concept and he had said that the concept for the Joker was done before photos of Heath Ledger even came out they actually had mentioned in the panel when they were at a wedding they had saw the new release photo of Heath Ledger as the Joker and so he was like uh <laughs> and that's all he said he's like uh, this looks familiar, and then it was actually Lee, Lee, who originally had his idea of drawing the Joker, and they broke down the timeline for, for this event, so this was just pure coincidence as to the point where Lee's artwork was kind of, kind of similar to Heath Ledger's Joker, so it, it was really, it was just really eerie to the, to the timing that they were talking about, so they were talking about, and Brian went into talking about, like, where he got inspiration for doing the Joker story, and I found it quite interesting what he had said where he uses his, his material, he says, he looks in the newspaper, he says, there are so many different endings, so many beginnings to a story inside your newspaper to what happens that, you can never run out of stories. And I found that so interesting because he's right. There are so many things that you never know it was crazy or something like this can happen, but it's written right there in your local newspaper, and that's where he uses his inspiration. So that was that was pretty cool to hear. Lee and him did mention that they were going to be uh, trying to do some more projects together, so I hope they do good. I mean, the Batman Death Blow novel that they had and the Joker novel, which is, a, I mean, that's that's awesome for them. I'm looking forward to more, more stuff by them. What then, after that, was another DC panel, and it was actually... Actually, more of the same stuff that had went on before. After meeting Wills, I had asked him because I remember reading it somewhere. I, I, I can't believe, I, I think it was a wizard or I read it on uh, a comic uh, site where Wills had uh, drawn three comics for Superman and Batman, but they were never published. They were never brought out and i had asked wills about that and will said he that he he doesn't know he, he doesn't know why they haven't come out and uh he had mentioned that you know he finished the artwork for it and so i had asked the question to the panel ian had mentioned to me that he wasn't the editor on that and he would let me know so so hopefully you know we hear something back for that for fans um, the panel just went on purely discussing it. Uh, I, sh I remember in this one that they did have the effect of what's going to happen between Faces of Evil with, with Catwoman and Hush. So they said that story was going to continue on with Paul Dini as a writer. So that was wonderful news to hear also. After that panel, Saturday was a, a real awesome show. The winding down day was actually, um, uh, which was Sunday. What was uh, real interesting for fans was the main sculptor I, I really consider within in our environment, in our community, which is uh, Claver Moore, who is uh, very famous for doing these sculptures. If you have seen any of his pieces, wonderful, high-quality pieces, and I am lucky to own a couple. I was able to talk to him, and I, I just asked him a question, you know, just as being a fan. I had asked him why he hadn't done a Batman statue. And so he felt that was an interesting, interesting story because Batman is actually his favorite character also. And so we went on talking about, you know, why he hasn't had that. And in, in some, it's really to do with DC's preferences, but, um, very nice gentleman. Um, check out his 
his uh his, any of his statues at his website um, we'll go ahead and provide that link for you but wonderful wonderful person gave us insight he, he knew a lot of history about batman also and so it was a real fun convention because sometimes i feel that san diego con san diego comic con has kind of gone hollywoodish with a lot of attention being paid to hollywood and not really the comics the convention at dallas was more focused on comics. You kind of got that that feeling for uh, Wizard. When any, well, of course, whenever Wizard goes, but for some reason, for the for the past two two occasions, I was able to attend the Dallas one. It always seems that the focus is more around comic fans, and so I I really urge fans if if next year if you can attend a convention, really try to attend the Dallas one. DC came out, no representation from Marvel was really there as far as doing panels, but DC showed up, so big kudos for DC for coming out and representing at least our side, <laughs> our side of the of the world, of comic book world, to, to even do that for us. So, awesome experience. I, I can't say enough of of the highlights of that I had as being a comic book fan and being there, and it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, it definitely was. I had a lot of fun, and I found a lot of comics. Yeah, overall, it was a great thing, and I strongly would suggest if you can make it, if you live in the southern area of the United States, and you can head out there next year, head out there. There's a couple other Wizard World conventions that happen periodically throughout the year. I know there's one in Los Angeles Chicago and Philadelphia. If you can head out to any of those, we're going to try to make those make it out to those too. I mean, no promises at this point. It just kind of depends on if the website does really well or not and we can kind of make some money off the advertisements on the website so that we can actually fly out to these conventions to get you guys the latest news. But that's our intention. The advertisements on the site are really a way for us to be able to go to all these conventions so that you guys can get all the latest news. Right. And I mean, doing the coverage for fans and I mean, we got some, some future things that you can look forward to fans that we were, we were able to get. So, I mean, it's all, it's all for you guys. That's, that's all it was. I mean, we're fans like you, we want to find the latest news and we, we, we are more than happy to do it because it's so awesome that we can report it. and meaning fans, um, like Jermaine out there that were it was just an awesome experience uh, love to hang around more now that the forums are going to be up on November 14th we can interact more make more arrangements for you know for future gatherings it, it was just an awesome experience guys so that's going to about do everything like we said uh, sometime in the evening on the 14th of November when I say evening I'm talking on the regards of the United States for all of our international listeners sometime on the evening of the 14th we're gonna go live you can actually you'll be able to actually type in thebatmanuniverse.net and it'll open up straight to the homepage and you'll be able to check it out check out the forums you will notice that there probably is a lot of sections within the, the website that are still under construction that's just because uh, we don't feel comfortable putting the sections out if they're low quality so we're just there's a couple little tweaking that we want to do here and there and some of the sections that are actually going to be up we're still going to tweak but we really want to get these forums out for all the fans to use so that we can interact with you guys on an easier basis than and so forth and so on so this is dustin and this is apple and you've been listening to the batman universe podcast we'll see you guys next time take care guys
Hey guys, this is uh, just a friendly reminder. Just keep in mind, we're no longer on Podomatic. We're strictly on the website, thebatmanuniverse.net. Make sure you check us out for all the latest news as soon as it comes out.